This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. Why are Latinos more likely to develop Alzheimer's and other dementias than other U.S. adults? I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Latino adults are at much higher risk of developing Alzheimer's and other dementias than white adults. To honor those lost to neurological disorders, our next guest spearheaded a piece dedicated to their memories at the National Museum of Mexican Art. It's part of the museum's annual Day of the Dead exhibit, going on from now through December 10th in its main hall. Amelia Garza is the Manager of Diversity and Inclusion at the Alzheimer's Association, and she started things off with why Latinos are more likely to be diagnosed with Alzheimer's and dementia and what factors are in play. So the Hispanic and Latino community is 1.5 times more likely to develop Alzheimer's or another form of dementia uh, than non-Hispanic white communities are. Um, Why? We are still researching this. We do believe that much of it is due to social determinants of health and health inequities. So much of what the Alzheimer's Association is doing is partnering with local community organizations to help reach communities, understand why it is and what the needs of the communities are and how we can help meet those needs and bring the community together. So social determinants. So is it like socioeconomic? Is it environmental? Is it diet? It's everything. Genetic? systemic. Systemic issues require systemic solutions. And being a healthcare organization, it's incredibly important to know that we are addressing the health inequities that exist. But we can't do that in a silo. We can't do it in a vacuum. We can only do that through strategic partnerships with other community organizations like the National Museum of Mexican Art, um, which does so much for the community. Yeah. And we'll we'll talk more about that. You know, I'm thinking of sometimes when older Latino adults seek care, there can also be this language barrier between the patient and and the healthcare provider. So to what extent does that affect not just the care, but uh, early diagnosis or even being able to treat this? Yeah. Early diagnosis is incredibly important, especially as we enter an era of treatment. For the first time ever, we have a treatment that will slow the progression of the disease. But in our community, the Hispanic Latino community, we are less likely to receive an early diagnosis. And it is for many factors. Of course, a factor... Uh, is access to quality healthcare. Another factor is being able to talk about it. 
building trust within the community. If an individual doesn't trust a healthcare organization, mm-hmm. they're not going to be likely to get access to the healthcare um, or resources that are available to them. Yeah. So a huge part of that systemic solution is finding ways where we can build trust with the community. You mentioned that uh, for the first time we've got a treatment that slows the progression of this. I mean, it sounds like a long time coming. Yeah, it has been. I was a caregiver for my grandmother, Mm -hmm. and um, she passed in February. I'm sorry to hear that. uh, Thank you. Um, But her mother and nine siblings all had a form of dementia, and so many individuals, six million across the country today, have, are affected by this disease. Mm. Um, so it has been a long time coming, and it's been a fearful fight. Um, it, it's scary to ask for help or to tell people that you might have a loved one who is showing signs of dementia. Yeah. Um, and for the first time, I feel hopeful that maybe uh, my family might be able to benefit from this treatment, say, if my mother got this disease. Are you all thinking about that? Are you having conversations about the likelihood we have of it conver- continuing? Yeah, we have conversations about what if. And sometimes those what ifs can be very scary. They are. And it's also why you don't have to have Alzheimer's or dementia in your family to be able to seek out resources and information on the disease. We do know a lot about the risk factors of the disease, and diabetes is one of them. Um Having diabetes increases the likelihood of developing a form of dementia like Alzheimer's. And so talking with your doctors, um, getting information, understanding how to have a healthy lifestyle, including diet, is incredibly important. So, Amelia, your work led you to spearhead a piece of art uh, to remember those in the Hispanic community who have died of Alzheimer's or dementia And I want to get to that in just a moment, but first I want to add another voice to the conversation with us. Cesario Moreno is the chief curator of the National Museum of Mexican Art in Pilsen. Welcome back to Reset, Cesario. Good to see you. Thank you. It's very good to be here. So this piece of art that Amelia worked on is just one in uh, the Day of the Dead exhibit in the museum. Give us some background on how that day is celebrated, especially for folks who don't quite understand. Sure. And, you know, talking about uh, this disease... Um, and talking about Day of the Dead, the the common thread is memory, right? It's a day in which we remember those people who are still a part of our family, even though they may not be physically with us. Mm -hmm. It's a day in which we share their memories and we pass on their memories to our children, to the next generation, so they can know about their grandparents or their aunts or their uncles. And so Day of the Dead really was a perfect exhibition, a perfect celebration for us in Pilsen. It's more of a season mm-hmm. than, than a one or two days. Um, and so it really was a, a perfect way to bring awareness to our community about yeah. this whole uh, uh, disease with memory. And I think it was around this time that you and I met a couple of years ago, I think my, my first you know day of the dead, if you will, uh, since being in Chicago. And I remember what stood out to me is, you know, we talk about death in American culture. It can have this morose feeling around it, sure, which sure. is understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've you lost a loved one. It's the end of a life. But it's it's viewed differently, as you've explained, in, in Mexican culture. Yes. In, in, in Mexican culture, um, we celebrate life 
and death is a part of life. Uh, it's not the opposite necessarily. Uh, again, I want to just emphasize Mexicans are, are we don't want to die. We're not, you know, we are afraid and, and we avoid it, but we still celebrate it. And we celebrate it in the cemeteries. We celebrate it in the homes with altars and stories. And on the altars, we place ofrendas. Those are offerings mm -hmm. that remind us of those people who are no longer physically with us. Um, and it's, it is a beautiful way of grieving. There's also a lot of sadness. There's a lot of tears. Uh, but thinking about them and sharing the good moments and, and the photographs and those things that we hang on to, uh, again, in our memory, yeah. is a way in which we keep them alive. And the, the Dia de los Muertos exhibits theme this year uh, at the museum uh, is living presence. So speak to that theme and, and who's being honored. Sure. In, uh, so in living presence, uh, it's, it's the way that, that we sort of keep them alive in our thoughts. Uh, we have about eight, seven or eight installation ofrendas. Some of them are super traditional, uh, something you would see in different parts of Mexico. Mm -hmm. And others, like the one by uh, Gabe Moreno, who, who created the one for the Alzheimer's Association, um, is a little bit more of a contemporary installation, site-specific. So it's, there's the gamut from the contemporary to the traditional, each one celebrating somebody's life or honoring uh, an event that happened and people who, who lost their lives in that event. Yeah, including you know remembering the thousands of people who died in the earthquakes this yes. year in, in Morocco, Turkey, and, and Syria. Yes. Uh, we we uh, commissioned Alejandro Garcianello, who works paper. Uh, uh, you would not know it's paper. He transforms paper into contemporary uh, artwork. And he did this, this huge installation to memorialize the tens of thousands of families. You know, Mexicanos know what earthquakes can do. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's not true. just a few seconds. It's not just a day. Uh, sometimes uh, the effects go on for, for a lifetime. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, Cesario touched on it a, a bit there, but Amelia, talk to us about your uh, ofrenda. You collaborated with a local artist to make an altar. Mm -hmm. So what does it look like for those who haven't seen it? Oh, it it's, a, it's a vision come to life. Uh, Gabriel Moreno is an amazing artist. And if you haven't checked out his work, um, please do come by the museum and take a look at it. It speaks to the lives of four individuals. Um, and through this process, uh, Gabriel interviewed um, four children of the individuals who had Alzheimer's or another form of dementia. Um, and in his journey throughout his process, he really honored those lives. Uh, I was speaking to a volunteer the other day who I think put it perfectly. Um, her mother was recently diagnosed mm -hmm. with the disease, and she told her mother, when you forget, I'll remember. Mm. And I think Cesario uh, mentioned it perfectly with living presence, is that having a loved one with Alzheimer's or dementia is like losing that individual twice. And so being They're able to— They're still in to, front of you, but you, you, you feel the loss even more. Yes. It's a, yeah. it's a, a very long grieving process, and— um, the exhibit speaks to that. It, it speaks to those memories that we have of our loved ones before the disease. It speaks to it during the disease. And mm -hmm. now it's living uh, in living presence. And it, it speaks to that love following the disease. And you're emotional now. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been a long process. Uh, when I first reached out to Cesario about this, um, I, had, I had just lost my grandmother um, 
uh, a month prior. And before that, exactly one month, I lost my grandfather. And they had a love to last the ages. And uh, when my grandfather realized that he would be passing before my grandmother, he was so angry. And he said, I promised her I would be here for her forever. Mm. And um, when losing both of them, um, I knew that this vision I had to establish an ofrenda with the museum needed to be realized this year. Um, and uh, I grew up going to the museum. I'm from a very small rural town downstate um, and, and uh, Galesburg, Illinois. Uh, but we would get a rinky-dink school bus and come up here to Chicago and see <laughs> the exhibit every season. And, and having my family immigrate here from Mexico, it was the one time where we felt very connected to our gente, our people. Yeah. Um, and the artist, Gabriel Moreno, is located in Chicago, but he's also from Galesburg, Illinois. We are childhood friends. and um, What a connection. We were standing in the museum, and when the exhibit uh, was put together before it was released to the public, we were just stunned um, by how it came together yeah. and how an organization like the National Museum of Mexican Art and the Alzheimer's Association can come together and do something that's so meaningful to the community. It's meaningful to our families. Um, and it, it realizes something for generations to come. Yeah. And it wasn't lost on me that um, Gabe's work, uh, Gabriel's work, um, his, his, comes from his father. And the individuals that were interviewed are of their parents. And so to me and my personal uh, perspective, this was an ofrenda that honored our parents and honored generations. You know, Cesario, I was going to ask you, why is it so important to keep this tradition going? But I feel like we just heard why. We did. We did. And, you know, the, the beautiful thing about this exhibit every year, it's unique. It's different. We have different parts of our community come forward and ask, can, can I participate in this way? I mean, this was a beautiful way in which it wasn't necessarily about a family member, but rather about a community mm -hmm. to remember. And so um, every year, whether whether it's people who have died from earthquakes or COVID or breast cancer um, or gangs on the streets of Chicago, uh, we do we do the difficult and beautiful work of of reflecting our community, and we can only do that, of course. With their help. It's, yeah. it's a hand-in-hand -hand thing. We'd, we're not doing anything that our community does not bring forward. Um, we truly do try to represent what's happening in this past year. It's so. a collaboration. It, totally, totally. How are you commemorating Day of the Dead this year, Cesario? Um, well, this year I have uh, actually a trip, but around that time uh, we will be having the uh, Day of the Dead uh, Chicago Festival on the 28th of October in which so many of the community comes out and they create their own ofrendas out in Harrison Park. It's a wonderful thing to see. It's only for that day. Yeah. Um, and then a few of us are going to different parts, uh, different parts of the country, different parts of Mexico, looking for work for next year's exhibit. Yeah. So it and this, starts and this exhibit, uh, it's going to be running through December 10th. That is correct. Lots this of time exhibit, to see it. Yes, there is. And of course, we're always free. And open Tuesday through Saturday. Yeah. Just about a minute left, Amelia. Leave us with this. I mean, going back to your work with the Alzheimer's Association, right? What are you all doing to address the health disparities that we were talking about earlier and, and provide support for Latino people 
who are living with Alzheimer's right now or another form of dementia? A lot of what we're doing is listening and partnering. We are listening to what communities are asking for, and we're executing on those asks. We're partnering with local organizations to be able to help get access to resources directly to their community members. So partnering with the National Museum of Mexican Art is one example mm -hmm. of the many organizations um, that we connect with to help better serve the community. We'll leave it there. That's Amelia Garza with the Alzheimer's Association and Cesario Moreno with the National Museum of Mexican Art in Pilsen. Thank you both so much. Thank you. That episode of the Reset Podcast was produced by Maha Ahmed and Brenda Ruiz. It was edited by Dan Tucker and Ethan Schwab. Get the news, politics, and culture happening in Chicago by subscribing to our podcast. We post episodes every morning and afternoon, Monday through Friday, with a bonus episode on Saturdays. That's all for today. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk again this afternoon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.